Over the next couple of weeks, we're exploring probably the most familiar words of Jesus in the history of Christianity. We're looking at the model prayer that Jesus gave his disciples when they came to him one day and asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And although it's pretty amazing that these words have had such an impact down through the centuries, I think it's also the reason why this short prayer that Jesus gave us as a gift has pretty much lost all of its vitality to us. It's the richest single source in the entire Bible of information on how to pray. But I think for many of us, these words are overly familiar. And so instead of inspiring us, let's be honest, they're pretty dead to us. Martin Luther wrote in one of his famous works on prayer, how many pray the Lord's Prayer several thousand times in the course of a year? And if they were to keep on doing so for a thousand years more, they would not have really prayed or tasted it at all. In a word, the Lord's Prayer is the greatest martyr on earth. Everybody tortures and abuses it. Few take comfort and joy in its proper use. What he's saying is, This prayer is an incredibly rich thing, but people just say it without having any idea. It's kind of like running by a mine in which there are precious jewels and gold and diamonds, and nobody seems to know how on earth to get in and get them out. And so that's pretty much what we're going to try and do over the next few days. We're going to mine this prayer for all the treasure we can get out of it. So let's start by reminding ourselves of the words. Won't you say it along with me if you can? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I don't know what you think, but I reckon one of the most striking things about this prayer is the fact that Jesus doesn't begin with requests. There's a flow to the prayer that is incredibly strategic. It's orientation before intercession, meaning Jesus starts by identifying the character of the God to whom he prays. He starts with Father in heaven who's all around me with good intentions towards me. Hallowed be your name. You're worthy of praise. You're the source of everything. You're to be honoured in and through my life. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. At the end of the day, it's all about you and your agenda, not mine. So it's orientation before intercession. The other thing that I find striking about this prayer is the way it challenges head on our individualism. Remember, Jesus opens the prayer with the words, Our Father. And although perhaps at first glance the word our seems pretty insignificant, I think Jesus is making a tremendously powerful point by beginning his prayer in this way. Jesus is reminding us that when we enter into a relationship with God, we also enter into a relationship with his people. When we're saved by Christ, we're saved into his body, the church. In fact, you notice how there's actually a complete absence of I, me, my and mine 
in this whole prayer. Jesus didn't teach us to pray, my Father in heaven, hallowed be my name, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me today my daily bread and forgive me my debts as I also have forgiven my debtors and lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. That's not how it goes. Won't you just let it sink in? It is not just about me and my personal relationship with God. I have one, but ultimately it's about us and our. It's about me and my family and our church and our city and our world. It's about us all together. Point isn't to deny my own sins or my own needs or my own relationship with God, but to never leave the focus solely on myself. Now, I think this is absolutely huge for us as Christians here in the West. I mean, our culture is obsessed with individualism and it's worked its way into the church in a big way. We tend to think of everything, including the truths of God's word, only as they relate to me personally. But Jesus teaches us to pray from a place of understanding that we are part of something way bigger than us. God isn't really my father, he's our father. He's the father of my brothers and sisters in the faith all around the world. And so even when we pray by ourselves, we must pray with an eye towards and a love for Christ's church. Let's be honest. I think probably one of our greatest problems and deficiencies in prayer is that more often than not, we begin with our own concerns and petitions without much thought for those around us. And when prayer shrinks down to me and my concerns, invariably it ends up shriveling into something pretty dull and lifeless. I suggest the reason why many of us perhaps falter in prayer is because we simply begin with the wrong word, I, instead of our. By the grace of God, we're saved into the body of Christ so that our most fundamental spiritual identity is not an I, but a we. And I know this runs against the grain of Western individualism, but we must be shaped by scripture. And Jesus categorically teaches us to drop the I and start with our. So why don't you do that right now? Why don't you start by thanking Jesus for adding you into his family, the church? And then why don't you spend some time praying for your brothers and sisters in the church by name? And then tomorrow, we'll come back to the second word of this prayer.